Welcome to the Pro Church Marketing Podcast. Are you a church leader or nonprofit director that wants to reach more people online? If so, you're going to want to listen to what John O'Long has to say about the latest trends in online marketing for churches and faith based nonprofits. Here's your host, John O'Long. Thanks, everybody, for listening and the stream on YouTube and Facebook and wherever you are. I'm Jono with FaithWorks Marketing, and we handle web design and uh, search engine optimization and Google ads and Facebook, social media for churches and faith-based nonprofits. My guest today is the one and only Juwan DeVivo, the guitar player from the band casting crowds thanks for being here man <laughs> love you guys music mercy me oh man i was gonna make an i can only imagine joke we do that we're pretty much interchangeable the only thing is we have a couple of ladies that's the only difference they don't have that's it. Cool. and also i do none of that social media optimization search engine we'll talk to you about that stuff well you know what we're all about just helping church and i say I, this sounds like i'm being sarcastic i'm really not i think it's partly because Juwan's one of the funniest guys I know. So that's what I was saying. It's going to be hard to make it through this. Oh, the uh, whole thing. To actually even, say anything of importance. Even when you're not trying to be funny, I just laugh at what you said. Oh. I mean that as a compliment. Remind me not nice, to speak at your funeral. In the nicest way possible. So we don't want every time we put stuff out there on the internet just to be about the stuff that we do. Because there's a lot of churches that we hang with and talk to and relationships we got that uh, could use some advice outside of the stuff that we specialize in. So here you are actually having our pal neil dose on here next week talking about church leadership and preparing get everybody back to church from the summer that's cool neil, hopefully i don't steal any of his thunder any of his beat uh, yeah i don't think so he'll just make it up on the spots so before we talk about you know i've got some questions i was going to ask you we'll talk about it but what's going on with casting crowns what are y'all up to Man, well, right now, if you look at the calendar, there's nothing. You know, there's like there's something this weekend. We got like a few dates this weekend, but like July and August have been pretty light. But that's because we did a spring tour. We did two spring tours back to back, and then we went to Europe. So it was like the second spring tour was like two and a half weeks, four days at home, two and a half weeks out, and then three days at home, and then we left for Europe. That's the thing, though. I actually like being out on the road right now because we live way out in the woods. We bought a bunch of property. And every yeah. time we come home, Melody goes, let's build a greenhouse. Let's get chickens. Let's put a pergola outside. And there's only one person right now qualified to do any of that work. Even like right before I came here, I was digging and putting a post down, like concrete. And, and I don't know how many of your people live in Georgia, but there's only two modes of Georgia dirt. It's hard as steel. Like you can't dig in it at all. You need a pickaxe and dynamite. Or like if it rains, it's like pudding. So I was like, there's zero in between. But then I know you wanted to talk about like how things have changed. But for us, you would go into the studio and make an album, 10 songs, and then it's done. But we did this last. So we had a, an album come out in February, and we're going to have one come out in September. And they're like EPs, like seven songs a piece. So September, we're going to go out on a tour, I think. So the first one was called Healer. And I don't know if we have a second title or if we're just going to call it Healer 2 or healer the comeback or healer, healer this time it's personal and so i was kind of wondering is that like a streaming thing now that because people most aren't of buying music, cds yeah most of the music is consumed online or streaming or on demand so that puts a lot more pressure a song a month yeah well that's what you're doing now we'll have a seven song thing but then one song comes out 
then another song comes out and it's kind of like it, it is about that to me there's a lot more pressure on each song like you would have like there was a b-sides used to be a thing it's and you know i cared about that like, we yeah like we'll them. just do this do a little thing we like but then like now every song's important and but it's what's funny you said run out of stuff what's funny is like in the earlier when we'd make cds it'd be like 10 songs now and mark would be he would have nine really good thought out songs we record those and maybe do a worship cover or we'd have 10 songs and he's like that's it that's, that's all i'm gonna do but like this time he had 14 and like in the middle of us recording maybe the third or fourth one i think john michael his son's playing bass with us now he's like why don't we just do like two eps and stuff and that's the way it's gone it gave us a little bit more time to spend on the songs and it spreads it out so that way you don't forget about us <laughs> we have one for the spring and one for the fall you're like, what happened to Casting Crowns? Bam, another CD. It's a album, but yeah. So you guys moved from Daytona Beach. That would have been like, gosh, that was 01? Yeah, it was 01. We met Mark in 99. So he came on the youth pastor, and I was trying to lead worship back then. Just going, just playing guitar yeah. and singing songs. And yeah, that was 99. We moved to Georgia in 01, and we hit the road as Casting Crowns in 2003. Yeah, all that's been a while. So yeah, I remember those days because I had interned with Mark in 1998 here in Loganville, Georgia. And then he left me and came to Daytona. And I stayed at that church for a while. And then I went and served from 99 to 03 at Mark's dad's church, where Mark's dad was yeah. an associate pastor. And then I went to a little church in Palmetto, Georgia. I remember coming down to Daytona to visit Mark and Melanie and meeting you. And that yeah, would have been, man, that's like 20 years ago or more. Jeez. Can't believe it. I remember we're getting down there going, at least at the time, I was like, I wish I could have been with those guys in Loganville at Center Hill. It's like, I wish it could have been those guys. They sound cool. We were, you and know, the, teenagers. So the name Mark gave that band was New Life Rookies. I still have that CD. Oh, that was so clever. Yeah. Even back then, like, so he came to like do a guest speaking at our church. And then while I was leaving, he gave me a CD. And like a week later, I was like, hey, can I do some of these? I was like getting permission to do his songs in our youth group. So I knew something was going on there. Yeah. The guy, he's got a set of pipes on him. Did you just come visit though? I'm trying to remember. Didn't you do a summer yeah. intern thing? No, I came down one time just to visit. I remember I went to summer camp a few times too. So what's something besides the fact that you're apparently handy and build fences, what's something interesting about you? We don't know. Oh, handy. I just do the thing. What we all do, dads of this generation, we get on YouTube and we're out there. I'm out there in the field going, okay, I'm doing it. Uh, beep, beep. I got that going. <laughs> oh, I got to dump in the cement now. What is that? Uh -huh. So that's basically, you go, oh, I forgot I needed that thing. I'm I, I don't even attempt stuff because those videos are like math problems. Like the teacher, like in algebra, they would always show you a couple examples for the homework. Then you got home and got halfway through the homework. It started <laughs> changing. It wasn't exactly like what she showed you. And, These letters and are Greek. You didn't show me any Greek letters yeah. in class. Yeah. Why do we have letters in math problems? Who put letters in here? So, man, that's how that was. I would try to, like people will ask me that on podcasts. They'll go, what's something interesting about it? So before I've said, in case some of your listeners haven't heard it, my degree is actually in aviation. So I was supposed to be a pilot, supposed to be an airline pilot. But also recently, within the last couple of years, I started, I just had an opportunity to start doing a stand-up comedy and also improv, which is super fun, which I didn't know I was kind of doing. As a youth leader, you're doing it anyway. Whenever you do any yeah. skit at all, you're doing improv pretty much. So every year in the last six years at youth camp neil will be like hey let's be two characters i'm like oh okay <laughs> and uh, the weird thing is in the last four years i've actually written 
like four songs. Mark's like, hey, man, you can record an album of these. They're just funny, stupid songs, and the kids sing them all week, and they annoy their parents. It's like if you give somebody's kid a drum set for Christmas. That's basically what I've done. When they come home from camp, they're singing the stupid song, and their parents are like, what did you do? <laughs> so is that enough interesting things? And I've wanted, like, the past few times that you've – on social media you were doing oh, yeah. and i've tried to make it and just so busy i can't come see you. ended up watching no, no. criminal minds instead <laughs> so but next time but now improv kind of would it seems like that would stress me out that's to me it's the other so like stand up you're all by yourself and there's yeah. nobody responsible but like if this thing stinks it's all on you on improv you, you can blame everybody else no it's more about like, like teamwork and like, you can't pause. When you pause, somebody else is doing something. So you can kind of like, and it's just reacting. So you don't even yeah. have to study up. You just walk in and they'll go, hey, let's do this. And you just be in the moment. So stand-up's not like that at all. Stand-up's totally pre-planned. Yeah. And if it stinks, then you're the guy. You got the stunt. <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever been to, I mean, Heather went to an uh, improv show one time. We were in Orlando. I think we were at Disney oh. World or something with her family 20 years ago, probably. Did you go to Saks downtown? That sounds familiar, but this would have been like when we first got married, like in 02 or 03. There was some improv club like you had to go to, and we're like, well, let's go. And it was hilarious, man. Yeah. I don't know. That could be fun. So You could do improv, and that's the cool thing. <laughs> I think anybody could do it. Well, and, you know, we still haven't <clears> – unfortunately, we've been talking for over a year about being a, a, a fake influencer on social media. That. The clothes, yeah. We forgot about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, man, it's rough having children and lives. Apparently, to be an influencer, you must only influence. That's so, man, because we have some great ideas to make fun of influencers. Yes. That I really think the world needs to hear and experience, but we haven't got around to it. Yeah, we're starving the world right now of our influencing. So, so I think one of the cool things about Casting Crowns and something that's always been cool is you guys, everybody in the band's always been, nobody became a rock star and just, you know, checked out of the church you guys have stayed connected with the local church oh, yeah. and uh, so i know when i was on staff at eagles landing when we were at church together you were leading the worship band there and playing on sunday morning and leading worship there Big so church. i think that's a cool thing oh thanks no so, that's like a vital thing for us so except that hector did turn into a rock star he's no he <laughs> he actually our first guitar player, Hector, he's on staff leading worship at another church. So one of the funniest guys I know. No, he's Dude, great. He's awesome. We still text. We never, so like, I don't know if, if this is just a guy thing, but like, we'll never say happy birthday or like, hey man, you're, I saw that your kids are celebrating this. We'll just like text stupid Star Wars memes to each other and comment on that. We never, they were never checking in with each other. We're just like, hey, this is Mace Windu and he's swinging a hot dog. And that hilarious. <laughs> So everybody can Google Mace Windu now that doesn't understand the prequels. That was always a vital thing. And then I, I don't know, I guess maybe you could just chalk it up, and I don't want to be oversimplistic, but uh, I guess chalk it up to just the Holy Spirit and that holy discontentment. So like, I can't just sit in church. I feel like I got to do something and God's given me the gift of music and I actually love playing it. I love being on this. <laughs> I'd say I love being on stage on Sunday morning, but when I'm out in the crowd, I'm like, I should be up there doing it because i feel like that's where my place is playing music and adding to the atmosphere of worship and then with sunday nights or wednesday nights we do a student our youth group gets together and i have like a bunch of teenagers that want to learn how to play in a band and i really love teaching that's probably one of my big deals is and so teaching them and then once they like i like to take a band that's completely not together at all and then eventually when you feel them you can like feel them lock in and when the song finally 
clicks. That's just a good. I'll actually a couple of times I've stopped and go, wait, did you feel what just happened? And they're like, what? They thought I was calling down like, no, everybody, you were playing together. It was awesome. So it's one of my favorite things. I think it's something good to point out that I learned from Mark, and I think we all did. You were saying this before we went live that like oh, yeah. we were both under Mark's tutelage as far as ministry <laughs> goes and kind of the way we do things. And so we've got a lot of kind of on the same page in a lot of ways. But I think one thing that I always struggled with that I think you've done well, and I think Mark probably instilled that in both of us. Like when I would have a student band as a youth pastor, we would have a student band uh, or even the Sunday morning band. It was always that tension of wanting it to be amazing. And especially as social media has come out, you see everybody else's worship band and how awesome they are. And, you know, some of these guys, they've got paid, you know, hired guns and, you know, whatever you think about that. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute. But I know it was always instilled in us. And what I've seen you guys do is, and I remember Mark just telling me one time, like, man, if you're going to get kids involved in ministry, you're going to have to be okay with some of them being terrible at it for a little while. (laughs) And that kind of goes for the worship team. Like you got to let go of having like perfect music and instrument, perfect musicians. If you're ever going to get any of these teenagers to like step up and serve. Yeah. Yeah. On the youth group level, it's a balance because you don't want it to be distracting either. Because You don't want to embarrass yourself either. And the other way I've heard it put is that you want them to win. When they get up there, you want to be like, okay, you can actually say, okay, that was good. You guys did good. So it's like, all I've ever told them with students, at least I've been like, man, all I want is for you to promise that you'll learn and practice to get better and then to be teachable, to be coachable. And that after a while, it'll just be good because you're getting better. And then when you listen to us and you're able to get a little bit better, then everything else will just get better. You just got to be able to practice. So that's the only thing I've ever told them. And then the way I teach, actually, I think I teach the way I learn. If something's really complex, like basically playing your instrument, but with like 10 other people, uh, it's really complex. So I try to learn in layers. So I was like, at least get this. And then once you got that, then you can get this and then you can get this. And after a while, so if you're leading a student band, that takes a ton of patience because the first thing is just leading the practice. Everybody's, they're musicians, so they want to play. The thing is the drummer hits the snare at the wrong point, right? All I want you guys to do is push. Whatever the word was that you're trying to get out, yeah. (laughs) whatever the important word was, he'll hit the snare on that. But so I'll just go, okay, hold on, everybody. All right. And then the other thing is I do this thing where I'm like, okay, when everybody is ready to play, we'll be quiet like a little second grade teacher sort of thing okay when you're ready let's be quiet jimmy is being quiet over there <laughs> yeah like well, the way that sally is listening <laughs> to me because i've been not the band leader and i'm over there and i'm and like something's going nuts and so i'm trying to make noise to fix it and so i know when i am leading the band i'm like okay let them mess around but when we're ready to start the song they may be trying to learn the lick or something or trying to get it right. So I'll just like, give them a second. Cause like when you're the band leader, you're like, okay, let's do it. Let's do the song. Come on. But there's guys, every, all you know is there's noise. That's all you know. But when you start yelling at them, then it's really tense. And so I kind of, if somebody is, it sounds like they're just goofing around. I go, Hey, you okay? You ready to start? That's all I need to do. And they'll go, Oh yeah. Cause it's sometimes guitar players. They'll, you know, if you're talking to the vocalist, they'll be over there doing. They just like, start strumming. Yeah. Kind of get in their own world and forget that anyone else is there. I did not answer your question. (laughs) You're talking about, well, we strive for excellence. So, yeah, I just try to, with the students, to me, I I think that's the most beginner you can get. We do have like a thing with the little kids, the elementary kids, but there's somebody playing with them. That's the other thing is I'm playing with the students. So I'm playing acoustic usually. 
if you're yeah. a keyboard player, that's another good instrument to play to kind of help everybody go along <laughs> at the yeah. same time. But like following a click, those are basic things. Following a click, hitting the right chords, those are things you take care of in rehearsal. And then by the time you're on stage, if you know when to begin the song and end the song, and then you kind of go and you do the right phases and those kind of things, it usually, it'll be good enough. I can tell you that just yeah. to, as an encouragement. So now how do you, and this was always a struggle, and we even went through a phase years ago where we were doing auditions for the youth band, because we had some really good musician, kids, you know, teenagers. And so the struggle was, there was always a few teenagers who thought they could sing and wanted to be on stage. I mean, flat out honest, just could not, and probably could have learned, but the worship band wasn't the, none of us had the capability of getting them. You know, we could take right. good people and make them great, but taking them from like nothing to good was a lot right. more difficult. You can't hold a tune, yeah. And, and so, you know, we wanted to do auditions so that, because the cool thing about auditions. The thing is, I feel all of your frustration right now. It's the like perk of auditions and what we learned was there was this kid that had been coming for years and we had no idea that he played any instrument. We did auditions and you had to sign up what instrument and what song you were going to play. You came to auditions ready to do a song. And he said, drums and eye of the tiger. We would always give everyone the spiel. No one laughs at anyone during this audition. If someone bombs or something and you laugh, that's automatically, yeah. you know, you're struck. So we kind of set it up that way. And it was kind of for this kid. Cause we're like, there's no way. And dude, he gets up there and killed it and was amazing. And it's like, Oh, you're the new drummer now. So there was always these teenagers who they're not going to come to you and be like, Hey, by the way, I'm awesome at drum. Right. They had some humility about them and they just weren't going to do it unless you asked them. So we discovered all kinds of talent that we didn't know about, which was the upside of auditions. The downside was there were the ones that did come to you and say, Hey, I'm awesome. And then it's like, Oh, that's <laughs> when, you know, like, mm. that's a flag, my friend. <laughs> and so oh. you, you had to cut people or even if you're not doing auditions, you're going to end up with people who the Lord's leading me to be in the band. Have you had to handle that? Have you had to deal with some of that? And how I'm, did you? I'm a non-confrontationalist. So I've only a couple of times had to kick people out of the band, but it was for like behavioral problems and stuff like that. But that was only because what makes things easier for me is like, if I set it up ahead of time, I'm coming from the thing of students. I think adults are a lot different too, but two words for one thing, youth choir. I don't know if you've ever done that. Somebody wants to sing. So you can stand and just sing. You know, we'll, we'll have a little choir back there. So I've done that. I've never found any like hard and fast rules for any of this too, because auditions give you the people who are willing to do what it takes, right? To get better. Especially with teenagers, they're like 14, 15. You don't know. Just mom bought me a drum set. So I'm going to, I can bang yeah. on it. So maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. So that's your whole 14, 15 year old. Like maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. So Unfortunately, band comes into that, but so I've done youth choir. I've done things that happen a little more organically where if I have a lot of people, I'll put them on rotation. So if somebody's a weak singer, I'll pair them up with stronger singers and those kind of things. And then eventually with students, at least they'll kind of weed themselves out sometimes. So I don't have to do that, but putting expectations in there, like, this is what we expect to do. And I have been like, Hey, with somebody who like a kid came up and didn't know the chord. He's like, what's this chord? And it's like E minor. And I went, well, this is kind of how you got to be able to do this. And it's really hard for me to do the whole band and then come over here and show you how to do chords. So why don't yeah. you go learn these chords and get some practice? Yeah, we want to teach you stuff, but these also aren't necessarily instrument lessons either. Another thing I've heard too, that I haven't 
we've done in the past, but you know, I don't know if it's going to be very effective, but you could have like a worship jam day. And so you don't put out a call and go, Hey, we need people on the stage. You just go, Hey, we're going to get together Sunday afternoon, have some pizza, just bring your instrument. We'll, we'll sing worship songs. And from that, You'll go, okay, that's really good. Right. Yeah. And then after a while, you, you go and talk to them one on one. That way you're not going, but hey, you want to come? That's you know, a good idea, you. man. Cause that yeah, the pressure, because it always, the audition thing kind of always felt elitist too. Yeah. That's the thing is there's the list and there's people who are in and people who are not in. The other thing too that might help if you're a youth leader, I'm giving like free youth leader advice too, but I think having other ministries too will help. Like if all they see is, these people on the stage, that's what ministry is, right? If you're doing drama or the band, but if there's like, you know, you had like a thing where you were packing lunches, right? For people that were refugees, that kind of stuff. There's people who have hearts for that kind of thing. But let's say you got a girl that can't really sing, but she just wants to do ministry. That's in her head. And she goes, I yeah. just want to sing. So if you have other things in place too, that kind of helps to go, you know what? They need help over here. That's a good point. That was another thing that was ingrained with us, you know, like everybody's not an upfront person and there are the kids who, and this goes for adults too. I mean, yep. it, it's like they're create opportunities for ministry. So uh, along those lines, what's the craziest moment? And I guess one of my favorite Instagram accounts is it worship leader probs. Yeah. Cause there's a worship fails too. Oh yeah. That one's good too. I, you know, like I feel the cross busy. falling off onto the drummer. <laughs> Do you so, think there were hazards involved with a drummer? Well, I play drums on Sundays at our church a couple times a month. And for a long time, our drum shield, the plexiglass, you know, bulletproof shield was always wobbly and the hinges were kind of coming off. And then we had like a plywood carpeted top, oh, yeah, top kind of, of sitting it. on it. Yeah, Dude, the heaviest piece of plastic. plywood ever. And so uh, I just finally got new hinges, man. But there was a solid year where I just knew... There was going to be a video of me with, you know, a cracked L3 why or something. Why is Jono wearing a football helmet? I just imagine myself having to hold it up during worship, play with one hand okay, while waiting be... on the tech team to come like fix it. <laughs> that would actually rock if you could catch it and you're just like, you keep it going with one hand. Oh my gosh. I, we're going to finish this. <laughs> you would go viral for the best reasons. So yeah, have you ever had any of those moments? I mean, like 20 years or more, there's got to be some funny moment. Is there a funny moment? You're yeah, when sure? you said funny oh, moment, could, I thought we be a had one when we were doing a, a homeschool prom. I don't know oh. if I should say that. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if I was going to trigger you by saying that. But uh, it was a so, homeschool prom. Go ahead. So I was playing drums for that. This yeah, was a transition yeah. before y'all found a real drummer. And I filled in for the homeschool proms. <laughs> Anyway, sometimes I don't pay attention until we get to the thing. And I was like, well, we were walking in the door and I was like, oh, prom? and I was like, are they going to be dancing? Yeah, they were dancing. And so we were doing, I remember, so there's a song. I can't remember who sings that. We are hungry. We are hungry for more of you. And they're slow dancing hand in hand, just kind of back and forth. And it was just the weirdest. I don't know, like other guitar players, I know they tell you not to look down, but that's all I did that night. I'm just like, I'm just going to. I'm going to worship here and we're not going to worry about anything that's going on out there. But Mark always tries to connect. He always tries to, you know, invest in the crowd. He always wants to be uh, interactive. So he was trying so hard. They were not the listening. They did not even know we were there. We were just, we were the band from Billy Madison. That was us <laughs> we, that night. It was total background music. There, and, there oh, was, for sure. And so the, was, my favorite line of that whole night was Mark was like, we had one more. I think we were going to do live song or something. At the end, 
trying to remember if we had that yet. No, no, we didn't have that one. It was another cool song, like upbeat song. And Mark was like, hey, appreciate you guys having us out here. Don't don't let our worship get in the way of you guys having fun. And I was like, what? From the stage? We always talk, like me and Mark, we've always joked about the worship leaders that turn on the crowd and like, we're not going to do anything else until you guys sing into this. Like, or, come on, guys. It was like the cheerleader. But Mark finally just like, you know what? We're going to worship God. You guys do whatever you want to do. That is a little awkward. I'm- the thing I remember about that night, too, was one of the last songs we played was, I think Crowns ended up redoing it. But at the time, it was like, I lift my hand, shadow of your wings. And I totally started it off like I was playing 2-4. Time. I was I was double. The band. I, yeah, it was terrible. We literally had to stop. But Mark turned around and was like, no one's listening. It's fine. It was like, whatever, man. They're slow dancing. That brings up another memory. Because when we were in the youth group and Third Day's first album came out, there was this birthday party. And there was a bunch of youth group kids there. And the girlfriend, it was her boyfriend's birthday party. And she wanted to dedicate this next song to him. And it was Just to Be With You by Third Day, which is totally about (laughs) Jesus, you know, doing whatever it takes to get to you. But she totally, it was all about her and him and she dedicated it. And I think they were slow dancing there, maybe even making out. It was terrible. So, Oh no, that's incredible. Oh my gosh. What did we do? Surely somebody at the homeschool prom was like, this is weird. We shouldn't have done this. Like the teacher and adult, somebody in the back going, what? This is not right. Something's wrong about this. I could see having like a worship service, but that really wouldn't have been a homeschool Prommy kind of thing. I could say this because we've homeschooled all five <laughs> of our children, but I can totally see how many homeschool <laughs> parents would have no clue that it was weird at all. We've been to <laughs> homeschool conferences. It's not that far of a stretch. I guess they just replaced, you know, Jay Z with JC. I didn't even know where I was going with that. No, but they're just like, let's have a regular prom and we'll just do worship music. I guess our problem was. We were coming in there thinking that they were we going to listen and pay attention. We, well, it wasn't about paying attention, but it was like we should try to engage the crowd and help them to encounter God. That was our, you know, that's one of those weird worship band quirks, you know, when you bring in a worship band. So this is for everybody that wants to bring in a worship band to your whatever your event is, is our mindset is we're going to engage the people and then try to get them to engage with God. That's kind of the purpose. That's the whole thing about that. <laughs> That was our fault, though. That's our fault. I wonder if there's anybody who was at that homeschool prom as a teenager who became like a Casting Crowns fan. It's like, they were at our prom. (laughs) They just wake up in a cold sweat. So something else I was thinking about, I didn't share this with you before, but another thing I was going to brag on, and this is just something you could talk about a little bit about. Over the years, you know, I was a youth pastor for 20 years, and there were a lot of, every year we'd have Disciple Now Weekend or D Now or whatever you call it. And we would have different bands in and it kind of got to where some of the bands, well, a lot of the bands we were having, you know, they'd come out and do the sessions and then they'd sit, you know, we had a room where they kept all their stuff. That's where they hung out all weekend. And maybe we kind of fed a little bit of that because we got them their own food and stuff. And so it was kind of this green room feel. Right. Gosh, I don't know. It's been several years now, but. Oh, hey, Brad Holloway just joined us. And he, he messaged me like a week ago while I was on vacation and I read it and did not respond. Brad, I will message you back. Now that I saw your name. So anyway, <laughs> I forgot to message him. But anyway, so the band from Eagles Landing came and led worship for our denial. And I remember our students and adults being like, because it was, when it was like rec time, when we were out playing games, 
the band came out and like jumped in like, Hey, can we play? And sat in the mills with us. And, you know, they were in the audience during the message, taking notes, like during the speaker's sermon, it was total fruit of you guys pouring into them and telling them like, Hey, you guys aren't, you know, the rock stars you're, you're doing ministry here. I'm just glad you said we weren't freaking anybody out. Like, can we play with you? I'm like, these guys, everybody loved it, but it did, it was kind of jarring there at first. Like, why does the band want to play tug of war? You why know, are so, they sitting with us? What are we talking so about? That doesn't just happen. You guys have obviously talked about it, but how, how do you kind of create that culture? Some of it's on purpose. So we have to be like, okay, it's hot. I know, but we got to, you know, go out there. That's another way of connecting. If you're a band, and you're at a camp. It's your job is to connect with the people. Actually, I, I was thinking about that because I was like, how much about worship have we actually talked about? Because what I teach is you connect with God on stage. You connect with God and you connect with people. If you're only connecting mm-hmm. with God, then you're not really serving the role of worship leaders. You're just, you're kind of having your own moment up there and everybody else is kind of just watching. So yeah. You connect with God and you connect with people. If you only connect with people, then you're a rock star and you're not really leading them into worship. You're creating a fan base. So a cool thing is if you are doing worship at a camp or a D now is if you want to connect with people, there's more opportunities to do that. If you like me, Mark has really good charisma. I think you do too. You guys have, and then another Brian art that used to drum for us. He's got a home church and he's born into a foster care ministry. So that's why he's a little busy for crowns, but uh, he just felt God calling him into that and away from crowns. But he's a guy that just knows somebody everywhere. I don't, work that way. It takes a little while for me to warm up because I'm completely introverted. So I have to warm up to people. I got to be like, Hey, how's it going? And I ask like 10 questions. And by that time I'll warm up to somebody. So that doesn't happen from the stage for me. I got to be like, I have to have other time. So that's why when I do rehearsal with the students, I got to have like 10 minutes with them just to talk to them about how things are going and like check in with them. Because uh, I can't walk into a room and go, hey, everybody, it's circling around. I feel like I have to yell to be the center of attention because my voice isn't that loud either. So part of that is on accident because we're just youth people anyway. And we got that gear. We got that missing chromosome or something that makes you want to go out and play water balloon fights. Usually, you know, at a certain age, you give that up. But our youth camp, we had the water balloon sling. Have you ever have you tried oh, yeah. those? I haven't played with one in a long time. Well, of course, the guys want to stand out there in a line like you know the soccer penalty line they're doing the penalty kick so they're out there standing like that and whatever way you want to say it and, we, and me and the adult guys are you know golf ball size water balloons at like supersonic speeds it was a big deal we didn't actually end up hitting anybody but it was that kind of macho you know just boys out there doing that so that's part of that too is that we still enjoy that stuff and i did go out there and one came that i heard it go by and i couldn't even you ever have anything go by you so fast that you flinch after? It's like, yeah. And you go, oh, well, I would have not been able to dodge that at all. Yeah. But that's a purposeful thing. That's another reason. That's why we stay in connected to the church is because, well, for one thing, community is a biblical principle <laughs> to be connected to other people and not just yeah. be by yourself in the back room. <laughs> but going out there. Another thing is every time, the, to me at least in my head, every time the gospel is preached, if it's to elementary kids, if it's to senior citizens, I need to hear something. There's something in what this person's saying. Scripture for crying out loud. Not, I need to hear. Yeah. It's like I need to hear something out of this. So that's why I take notes because every person I think should journal at some point. But then you look back and you go, Oh, God was teaching me this. But all that stuff goes into I think just 
being a good Christian or being an attentive. I should say that we shouldn't, I don't know if we need to focus on being a good Christian, but like being an attentive Christian or being somebody or staying connected, stay connected with God. You need to, there is a thing that happens where maybe, cause you can, as a, if you're like a cool, if you're a recording artist and you go touring, you can find really cool people to hang out with. But I think maybe you need to have, that's why we tell people to stay in your church because you come back and you go, these aren't as cool as the people that I was on stage with the other night. And that's what happens is you go, okay, well, they're different, but you know, they have yeah. these, you, hopefully God starts to open up your eyes and you go, oh, this is what they're good at. They're good at this. What we were just talking about people being on stage, having stage talent or having offstage talent. And that's what, that's what you start to see when you're, when you're invested in a church, like personally. Because I'm, I'm teaching a life group here this Sunday. Usually I'll sub in because it's not every Sunday that we're here. And there is times where I'm like, you know, God has to check my humility. Because I want to, my natural bend is to, to get really, let's get really deep. Let's get deep into the deep of things. God's like, yeah, okay, well, what about the thing I told you last week that's really simple and you're still not doing that? Why do you want to know about the Trinity when you won't share the gospel to the homeless guy? that You gave him like five bucks, but you didn't say anything about Jesus. So those are like... That's not really deep, but it's still not a thing that I'm obeying. So that's a thing I got to, I got to get over. But yeah, that's why when you're paired with other people that are gifted in different ways, it pushes you in that direction. That's why I, like as a band and even as a worship band, you can, you've got to stay in the yeah. congregation. Yes. You're a part of that body of the church, man. And there's a noticeable difference. I just think back to that D now, I mean, we've had, tons of different bands in every year, you know, but, but the one I got to tell you, cause you got to remember this, the band got to the end and the drummer like decimated his drum set, like kick the kick drum over cymbal stands went everywhere. You're the youth pastor and you come yeah. after and I was like, yeah. And you go, well, I guess there's no encore. He just like, he completely destroyed his drum set on stage. It was just so like a total rock and roll thing to do. And you go, well, I guess that's it. I remember that night. Yeah, because y'all had been leading the worship. And then that was kind of the finale. And that band, yeah. that band was a local, like pretty popular, you know, 90s Christian music and early 2000s. I mean, that was a good time for Christian music, I would say. But that band never hit it super big. But right. locally, they were, you know, they were they were my yeah. youth group's favorite band. And uh, totally did not expect that moment. Like when it was over, yeah, just started smashing the drums. Because <laughs> everybody, all the, the teenagers like, okay, what's this about? And we were fully this? expecting an encore, you know, like they were, you know, because <laughs> the students would always, one more, one more, you know. Yeah. And okay. Unless so, you got an accordion or something, ice, I guess we're done. Ice cream in the foyer. This is over. <laughs> this is it. That was it. Uh, that's fantastic. If anybody wants to help us vacuum up wood chips, charge the drum from the stage, we could use a couple hands cleaning up. Let's loop around the duct tape and kind of tap on the ground. Sorry. No, this is good, man. Even if no one else is enjoying this part of it, I, I will say that like out of all the bands, you know, that when the guys from Eagles Landing, where you are and that you've invested in, when those guys came, that one sticks out because of how they interacted with the students, but it also sticks out of the students' response and engagement, you know, right off the bat. It didn't take until Saturday night for them to like kind of warm up to the band because Friday night they were scattered around learning names. And so there was a response and connection, you know, right off the bat that just made a huge difference in the whole weekend. It's cool. So I keep saying for students, but Mark says this a lot is like adults are just teenagers with bills or something like that. That's the thing he says. So I keep saying that like, because I think a lot of times there's at least with guys, 
when you're the band and you walk in, there's like this kind of thing with guys, at least it's like, oh, they're cool, I guess. But if you're just, you come off the stage, you go, hey, man, and you just like learn their name and what they do at school and you know, what their favorite thing is, they'll go, oh, they're interested in me as a person. So I guess it's not just a teenager thing. That's an everybody thing. So yeah. yeah, if you're leading worship at your church and you don't, I hate to say mingle, but you don't get out in the crowd and know people's names, what are you doing? But yeah. that's because I don't want to get against. So some guys do earn a living helping churches lead worship and stuff. It's one thing that might be a drawback if you are paid to be at a church and that's not actually what you would call your home church. That's not where your community is. And that's a thing. And you're kind of you're just doing a thing. You may be worshiping. But to me, at my church, when we're all singing together and we're unified as brothers and sisters, that is really when Jesus said that uh, two people gather and there I am in the midst of them. You actually are very fully aware of it at that moment because yeah. there's not a band and the audience. There's just there's the family and everybody's doing their role. Everybody's yeah. kind of doing what God calls them to and moving in the spirit. And we're all worshiping God at that moment. That's why I love it so much is because it's just a man, you get just a drop of heaven in that moment. And it was it's yeah. just great. That's cool. That's very cool. So we probably need to land the plane here in a minute. Man, but I've booked out my whole afternoon, so you got me forever. So what's kind of what's the biggest change that you've seen over the last five, ten years with worship teams, just worship in general? Positive, negative, and how you've had to adjust and or just what's been tough. And this may lead into kind of just maybe a piece of advice for anybody in church leadership yeah. that's got a little <laughs> bit of hand in worship, just because there's so much tough stuff to deal yeah. with, you know, whether it's a lack of musicians and you're trying to have a good band and do it with excellence, but you know, your smaller church. Let me say something about that real quick, because that's something I learned with teenagers is you always want something big and exciting and cool to do. But then like after <laughs> the pandemic taught us many things, I think. And right after that, we, uh, oh, you're right. I mean, if there's a board game, when we're done with the board game, we learned some stuff from it. We were just gathered, gosh, the church built a foyer, like a new foyer, kind of help filter in or funnel in the, the guests, kind of a cool entrance to come into, more homey kind of thing. And we kind of took that over, the youth group did, and it's real echoey. And so we were just in there with just an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And that was it. And total worship happened. And it's, so you think you need a thing. You think you need to do it a certain way. I would say whatever you have, do as you're doing to the Lord. <laughs> it's weird yeah. how it keeps coming back to scripture. But like if you go, man, all I got is just look around at what you have. Because there's a reason God's given you that. I think sometimes you got to be okay with small so that you understand how big God is and how much he can do five loaves and fishes, man. This is my lunch. What's he going to yeah. do with this kind of thing? So what was the other thing you were talking about? You were talking well, about no, that, that kind of relief. That, I think that's a good pressure relief. I know, I yeah. just, you know, but as a youth pastor, I just always felt this pressure. Like, man, we've got to have an amazing band. And I kind of grew out of that over time. But man, for first 10 years of ministry, it was like, man, if the band's terrible, then if we don't have an amazing band. Thing. We're not even going to have a youth group. You know, the last church that I served at, you know, some of the biggest growth we ever saw was over the course of a year and a half where we had no one to lead any worship on Wednesday night with a youth group ever. And we never did a song whatsoever. And that was the time we grew the most, not because everyone was like, oh, good, they're not doing it. <laughs> but on the other hand, that could have been it because, you know, I mean, where else do you go? Like, you know, you're inviting your friends. Yeah. And you never want to play the opposite monster either because it's like, I don't need music to worship God. But the truth of the matter is you have people walking in your door 
you have no idea what they're dealing with, or even worse, you know what they're dealing with. And then you're going to sing about, you know, happiness and sunshine and, and good things when you know they're in really dark moments. So that's a really yeah. good opportunity. Worship is the opportunity. I feel like music is the quickest way to somebody's heart. Like if, if there's a storm going on in your head, God can use music to go straight at your heart. That way he can bypass all this junk that's happening here and kind of clear the clouds up really quick. Yeah. That's why I love music because you're into it at first, but then now you're into it, then the words hit you. And if they're good scriptural, you know, strong theology kind of stuff, then it's good. And I think we're heading heading back there. You're talking about those changes. I think maybe we got a little happy, a little too happy. And it, it happened in Christian music too. You're talking about the 90s, you know, Christian rock and stuff. It got a little away. And then I feel like it was lost until Crowns fixed it. On behalf of the uh, Universal Church, I just want to thank you. <laughs> thank you for, you for saving Christianity. We all owe you from the bottom. No, we don't say it enough. We don't we're say not, it enough. We're not the only ones that do that, but I will tell you, Mark, it's at least I, the reason I talk about us is that that's what I have the most experience with. I can tell you, Mark, every song we have, and you can, if you have a CD, you can open up that jacket and we put their scripture. That's what I'm starting to see. It's kind of coming back around. People are starting to dig into the Bible and trying to put the Bible into songs that we can sing with each other. That's what I think worship should be is some sort of variation of scripture interpreted for the audience. You're not a preacher as a worship leader, but you are a distributor of truth. So you got to be giving them truth, right? Otherwise, it's just another it's just another song that you're giving them. That's something that I learned from Mark was you can tell people your opinion, but if you give them scripture, they have to deal with that. They got to go, am I going to accept this or am I going to reject it? So I like to see yeah, that now. Cool. So advice for a worship leader or someone that's got a hand in it or on worship team. Man, I, you know what happens, especially because if worship leaders are creatives and they're artists and they want to see new things. We have a bit of a chronological snobbery. See, as Lewis called it, like if it's new, then it's good automatically. But the thing is, so remember when we were making fun of hymns for a while and then like two years, we did nothing but sing hymn covers. Yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden yeah. they came back and now are we doing that anymore? It's gone again. So it was yeah. just like a, I guess it was a fad. I don't know. I really do like hymns. So my problem is I have chronological snobbery and the other direction is if it's old, then it's good. That's the thing I got to deal right. with personally. But the thing is any, absolutely, God taught me this. I realized it. I don't know if I've learned it yet, but anything can become an idol. So like I'll give you an experience that I had. We went to Europe and I really love, I do cherish old things. And we went to this really old cathedral. It was Anglican. And I bought the Book of Common Prayer and started going through it, just reading it. And I really loved how they infused scripture into prayer. I started learning about how growing up Baptist, every prayer was extemporaneous. You had to make it up it, or otherwise it wasn't authentic, right? Especially, yeah. that's why we never did the Lord's Prayer in Baptist Church. It's like, you can't pray that. That's written down already. You got to make up another one on your own. And I'm like, I think Jesus really wanted us to pray this. So I started doing that in my quiet time, just reading a prayer. So there's a thing called Valleys of Vision. There's a Lutheran prayer book that I have, Book of Common Prayer. There's Anglican. I probably will get fired. I'm not on staff. I'll be fired as a volunteer. But my encouragement is that everything become an idol. So if you really like the really chilled out music, whatever your music style is right now, that could be your idol. And like we were talking about, we feel like this. we needed a big band. That was the idol, right? Because we didn't yeah. believe God could do anything with just a kid an acoustic guitar or no music at all. And so absolutely everything, no matter how good it seems, 
can sit on the idol, sit on the throne of your heart, and you're giving your worship to that. So the way that I've learned that is whatever I'm anxious about or if I'm frustrated or something makes me angry, there's something besides God sitting on the throne of my heart and I'm worshiping that. Because God's not going to fail me. And then if God is doing something to make me frustrated, that's because I'm leaning on this thing that's actually, like Proverbs says, a broken leg. Lame, and God's making me lean on it. And so it's causing me pain. And he's saying, no, I'm the healer. I'm the one that you should put your trust in. So being relevant, doing the hottest songs, only playing passion, whatever your thing is that you're really sold out to, I'd be willing to, and I quote those, let's quote too much, but he's like, Whatever you have, you hold it with an open hand and just yeah. say, God, do this what you want. If you're writing songs and you're like, I really have to do these in church, maybe that's your idol. And this because you know God's giving you these songs, but you have to have to do this thing. I don't know. But mm. that's what my challenge is. I hope that's an encouragement is that everything's open. All things are permissible, right? But not all things are wise. So just find out, is this a thing that's sitting on my throne instead of God? And just pr- the only thing that can save you from that is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so praying for wisdom and making yourself aware when you're angry or like if you can't do something, like a pastor says, you can't do this in church or you can't do this in the service and you're angry about it. Well, why? Why is that that you're frustrated now? So I hope that helps. No, that's good, man. That's deep. That is deep. That's good stuff. Well, dude, I land the plane here and wind All things right. down, but thanks everybody who hung out with us or who's listening and hey, watching. Mark. So uh, Juan, thanks again for being with us. Uh, this was fun and we need to do another lunch date soon. Well, that's why I did the podcast because we can't hang out all the time. That works. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks everybody. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for personalized suggestions to help grow your organization by reaching more people online, please email jono at faithworksmarketing.com.